0: Welcome to the podcast of
1: MotorWeek, television's original automotive magazine. MotorWeek is made possible by Lucas Oil, Value, and Bumper to Bumper, and TireRack.com. Your podcast host, John Davis. Thank you, Alec Webb, and welcome, everyone, to MotorWeek Podcast number 296. And we're coming to you from Studio C at MotorWeek World headquarters, and joining me today are Brian Robinson, Greg Carlos and Jessica Ray. Welcome, everybody. Uh, We're going to do something very special today. We are just back from our annual trip to uh, Georgia to the Roebling Road Raceway outside of Savannah, where we do a lot of track testing and put together the shows that you'll see during February and March. Because the weather in Savannah is usually a lot better than the weather is in Maryland at this time of year. New pavement and warm weather. It was a great Mm -hmm. road.
2: Really good. It's probably the warmest it's been since I've been
1: here. I think that's true, and that's absolutely correct. This is the first time we've been on the track with uh, new pavement, and we did get up into the 70-degree area a couple times, so it was pretty darn good. So we had a terrific lineup of cars. And we'd like to tell you what our experiences were with them. But we're going to kind of, because there's so many of them, we're going to kind of keep it to racetrack-oriented elements with just a little bit about what each car is. Uh, Who would like to start? We're going to start with the Toyota
3: GR Supra manual transmission. Who wants to go first? I'll start with that one just because out of all the cars. Brian Robinson, everybody. Out of all the cars, that's probably the one I had the most seat time in. I was jumping in that one. Any chance I could, and mostly we had, when the Super came out, we had one down there, but I barely remembered it, and I guess I didn't get much seat time in it because this this car was really impressive to me on track uh, with the amount of power it had coming out of corners, just overall handling. Uh, The manual transmission was the big deal about it, obviously, this year. Uh, I thought the manual was great. Um, You know, when you get inside, it's easy to be disappointed when everything you see is BMW, Uh, but (laughs) a shifter is clearly better than any BMW shifter and uh, it it was was great on track it was
1: funny it it had a really nice short one to two and the three and four was a bit of a reach but once you got the hang of going through the middle you couldn't force it and I can remember a lot of cars in the past uh, we've had that situation it was a nice kind of throwback a little bit yeah I felt it worked like butter yeah like butter like butter. Yeah. What are you with, about with, to you, Greg?
2: With rev matching, too. So that was the other big deal with this system um, is that it has active rev matching so you don't have to heel-toe. Um, you can you can turn it off. Actually, you have to if you don't want it on. It comes on as standard. Uh, but back to the whole, this being the second Supra we've had at Roebling, I believe the first one was also the original offering, which didn't quite have the horsepower that mm-hmm. the Z4 had originally, like right, for the first right. year. Yeah, they had, so exactly we technically have more power yeah. than the last one and the manual transmission. And I think personally, uh, I, I did remember the previous Supra, but this one is more memorable because it just makes a whole lot more sense with the manual transmission for what the car is. I made it a whole lot more engaging to drive. Um, I forgot how Powerful that engine is in the mid-range, uh, really easy to toss around, but also like s- stable at high speed. Uh, impressive car to drive around that track, which you you might think, compared to some of the other higher horsepower cars we had, might get lost on a bigger track like that. But I I had a blast in
1: there. Yeah, everybody really. seemed to be really enjoying it. Jessica, any comments?
2: Well,
0: I should probably put a disclaimer that I didn't get to drive all mm-hmm. of these cars on well
1: I didn't either so okay so I don't, I'm sorry of us I did I took a lot
0: of pictures of everybody driving but you know there's a lot there's a lot of driving to do <laughs> for these guys I
1: mean we have we're basically there for three days and it's a it's a two-mile course and it's a very intense fast. test session mm-hmm. very fast but you know as far as a car I drove it the super some on the street as well and i had forgotten what a civilized car it was it's such a nice piece of work and i go the manual just made it entertaining
2: yeah it's what the car needed for sure it was it it now like looking back it's like the the automatic supra kind of like is missing something and that uh, it's shocker a it's a manual coupe, transmission you
1: know it needs or a sport car whatever you want to call it it needs that personal connection
3: if you procrastinated and haven't gotten around to buying one uh, you chose wisely
1: Go for the manual. The 2023 Volkswagen Golf GTI Autobahn trim. Now, this was probably, I'm sure, this was the least powerful car we had by by quite a bit. Like 140 (laughs) horsepower. It was the first car I actually drove uh, at Roebling this time. And I thought, you know, this is still just so much fun for such a reasonable amount of money. And every time we get into a GTI, we think about the early days of the back in the 80s when the hot hatchback was really a thing and the GTI was responsible for that craze.
2: And I think it still holds up very well today. Agreed. And we had the Golf R there last year, and I really liked the Golf R there. So I was kind of expecting to be let down by the GTI. Uh, As far as track work goes, um, surprisingly quick doesn't really understeer as much as you think it would. It rotates really nicely if you if you can modulate the throttle properly. Um, it didn't feel like it was underpowered. I mean, there's there's plenty of power there when, when you needed to get on it. Uh, I have a lot of feelings about this current GTI, as Robinson and Jess heard me and Benny D talking throughout the week, um, which I'll, I will say for another podcast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, man, like f- for the price compared to a Golf R, I mean – I don't know. Like I feel like it might be like the one I'd go with.
3: Yeah, I was thinking it would be a big letdown over the Golf R, but it, it, surprisingly it, it wasn't. Uh, this was manual transmission as well, and I thought it had plenty of power, and it didn't feel like uh, it understeered that much at all either and uh, didn't chew up the front tire at all. And even down that long front straight where usually you can – a car like that, you can kind Put of take out. take a break and you're yeah. looking at your watch, yeah. <laughs> but
2: that that ate up the straight pretty well, too. And the brake was perfectly placed for heel towing. I mean, like, I, sometimes I have to search around with my right foot, but this was perfect. And, uh, yeah, like, li- little things like that, I think, kind of remind you of the intentions of the car, like... Again, comparing it to the other cars we had this week specifically, it was easy to overlook, but I feel like every time I got into it, I had a good time in it.
1: So you can have something affordable that gives you that real – Thrill of performance driving without going overboard in any way.
3: Yeah, and just third and fourth gear like, yeah. the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> not a whole yeah, lot. Of, yeah, it yeah. was, but it was super quiet as far as engine so noise. So quiet. So you know, you really had to pay attention as far as you know, getting your gears
2: and but, lock to lock is like barely a turn. Yeah, like yeah. the steering ratio is so quick.
0: We should probably mention the price, which is I think it starts somewhere around like thirty-eight thousand. So you're looking probably somewhere around forty thousand dollars for this
1: which for the kind of performance uh, i mean the gti used to be a long time ago the top of the range but when you're looking at the performance cars we had down there we had cars costing what six and seven yeah. times uh, as much?
2: Uh, yeah. but i mean it's it's autobond trim have a good time i guess it's the only trim they do now for GT. for gli yeah. they do they only do autobond right know GTI...
3: No, i think you can get a go- se oh, okay uh, well thing.
2: then maybe yeah. that might be the way to go to shave off some some <laughs> money but like you have the digital fully digital mm-hmm. gauge cluster i mean it's right. Top of the line for that forty, roughly forty grand. And just for all of you out there thinking forty grand's a lot, just remember
1: the average transaction price for a new car today is about forty-seven to forty-eight thousand
2: dollars. And it takes regular fuel. Didn't and it, take it takes good. regular fuel. You
1: now, for a company <laughs> that's going all EV, <clears throat> I hope this is the last one that goes that way. Porsche Taycan GTS, all electric. Second Taycan we've had at Roebling. Okay, GTS usually makes a big difference. Did it?
3: Um, well, the last one we had down there was the Turbo S, so it didn't live up to that as far as overall power down the straight. But it still handled well. It's a big, it's a big heavy big car. car. I'm not it's sure second it re-
1: or third Tycon we've had there. It's second, second. Yeah.
3: Okay, I'm not sure it really belongs on the track. But having said that, uh, it was crazy fun on the track.
1: All right, let's let's pause one second here. And, I'll and interrupt and, this podcast. Well. <laughs> We're, we get a lot of mail saying we've regular forgotten or got email? regular mail, okay. email, whatever. We don't get much regular mail anymore. We get folks saying we've forgotten what performance is about because we're testing so many electric vehicles. This car is a perfect example. It embodies all the essence of Porsche performance. It just hasn't happened to have a gasoline engine uh, mm-hmm. putting it around the track. So I mean, how do you feel about you know all electric performance, either a Taycan or or anything else?
2: Well, I mean, what are we talking about? Perform? Are we talking about and driving, braking? Oh well, I feel, mean that's all s- Acceleration. Data. We know the like, acceleration is there. I, here's my thing. Like I drove this. Like Robinson drove the Supra. I drove this thing a ton, and I loved it. I don't know what like the last two GTSs we had at Roebling, the 911, and then we had this one. Uh-huh. Like they just nailed the sweet spot because it's this one does have all-wheel drive, which like I kind of wish it was rear-wheel drive, but um, it's it's so like accessibly fast, not excessively ex like it's accessible, and so like almost anybody could do it, right? And because of the all-wheel drive system, and like you could even turn traction like halfway. All they have P what they call it PSM, yeah, PSM, whatever. Anyway. yeah i mean i think this thing offers like traditional porsche performance never mind it's electric yeah you don't really hear it well you don't hear it at all all you hear is just like wind going. You hear the wind going by but i mean like that doesn't really matter so much when you're like at your limits around turn three and then you're going full throttle like i think i entered at 100 and, and exited at like 113 or 14 and we're talking about a like a Mm four-door and it's still don't get me wrong it's understeery uh, it's heavy but it's like it's still a lot of fun
1: well the battery here plays a a big part in how the car handles and and it
2: keeps it very stable I think we would get like two legit uh, sessions at like 10 lap sessions and like I'm talking like serious I didn't let off at all Mm -hmm. and was able to get through it with range despair so, for, you
1: know, for those that aren't familiar with that track, it's got a very long,
2: I guess, a half a mile straightaway at
1: the, or is it a little bit longer? So, it's a, so I'd say it's a solid half mile. Yeah. So, you're getting, you know, 130, 140 or above oh, at I the hit, end of that.
2: I was 151 or there two There you go. The In that car. In that car. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else?
0: I mean, I've driven that. I've actually, I've actually driven that on a track. Not on this track, but I have driven it, um. On a track yeah I'm like, I'm yeah I'm probably you.
1: some faraway country with a strange sounding name no, no no but um california I, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's what i said
0: <laughs> we love springs yeah so it was fun i mean i remember i uh i just felt like it was a really comfortable vehicle to be in like i never felt like i was going to push it too hard even though you like really can feel like greg said like all of that accessible power like underneath you so I, I'm, I've been a big fan of the TyCon in general, um, and this one just sort of, like, makes it kind of easy to drive, honestly.
1: So we did, what, two 10-lap sessions and usually took it to get recharged?
2: Yeah, and then I think we would come back and do another session. Like, I think the most we did in one day was three 10-lap sessions.
1: And for those of you wondering about that aspect, we uh, there are fast chargers at a nearby Walmart to the track, and it was taking, what, about 40 minutes for it?
2: I think
0: I charged up like 45 percent in like 35 minutes when i went there and i was i was at a 350 and i it was peaking at i don't know it was not peaking at three close to three and i
1: think dave uh, he got into the 90s and was there for about 55 minutes or something like that so anyway i think it was a little it charged a little faster than we thought it it might and that might be the problem of the charger and not so much the car Speaking of chargers and challengers, everybody pretty much knows that oh, the excellent nice. <laughs> like that all-time yes. Segway. Yeah. Yeah. The Hellcats are going away. They're going to probably be electrified. That's certainly got a lot of people upset, but because we know we're not going to have a chance to drive um, the Hellcats much longer. We got one for Roebling. 2023 Dodge Challenger, SRT, Hellcat, Black Ghost. Sort of our swan song with the Challenger, Hellcat, How did it go? Well, we've driven
3: lots of Challengers down there, lots of Hellcats. Um, we sure
2: have. Wide bodies, red eyes, <laughs> no, Black Ghosts, sure. Daytona. I don't think we've
3: gone a year in the last 10 that we didn't have. Yeah it. yeah, it replaced the Mustang. We used to have a Mustang every year. It's been the Challenger here for a while. But uh, it, nothing new to report, really. Um, it still is a handful if you want it to be. It's still surprisingly capable if you back off a little bit. Um plenty of power this one's over 800 horsepower and uh, it certainly felt like it uh on the straights uh but including all those tire marks uh, on the
2: first uh, straightaway uh, yeah we left a few <laughs>
3: yeah. of those yeah.
1: Yeah. well robinson
2: <laughs> well hey, hey 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 keep my He's name just out. doing mm-hmm. his
0: job
1: uh, <laughs> okay. a little burnout for the camera there
2: <laughs> yeah it's um everything it was every previous time we drove it um it's like a hundred horsepower more than the original one we drove. Personally, I like it gets to a point where like I don't, I didn't feel any like extra boost in power. Fast as fast at that point. Uh, so yeah, I got down the straight uh, as usual for whatever reason. Those Pirelli tires that are on every Challenger we ever had. Like they never show any they signs hold up of wear. so well. Yeah. I don't know what it it's is insane. about that tire <laughs> compound with that car, and, and, and we're that talk- is
1: saying something at this, that track.
2: And going back, yeah, to yeah. When,
1: before, to it was before they. Right now, Roebling has just gone through a very expensive and extensive complete repaving, and it's the smoothest uh, pavement asphalt that we've ever seen there. We've been going there for well over thirty years. But it the old pavement would chew up tires, so at the end of the first or second day, we'd usually have several cars we basically couldn't run that fast in anymore. That didn't happen this time. But the tires on the the Challenger Hellcat, they've never looked like yeah. they were Pirelli even yeah, I
2: think.
3: run. And not to get too inside basebally, but we had a uh, a tech guy from another manufacturer there, and even he was imp- even he was checking the tires out. I was like. <laughs> he couldn't believe that there was nowhere whatsoever. No scrubbing. On those tires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty amazing. It did. It did have the automatic, which I don't mind in that car because uh, there's just so much torque; it doesn't really. Gears are almost irrelevant.
2: There's so much going yeah. on with yeah. the car. Like having, <laughs> like it's the one of the could few be a cars distraction. Where, exactly, if yeah. one of the few cars where I say on the track a manual is just like I don't need. There's just yeah. too much going on.
3: But of all the cool cars and amazing sounding cars we had just listening to that supercharger go yeah. down the front
2: straight there's nothing yeah, there's nothing like that's it. what we'll yeah. miss the most yeah, a- everything I, I else though i think so. we're ready to turn the page yeah
1: but you know when you go to a track like that and you don't hear that that those f- automotive sounds that have been embedded in our brains for our whole lives it, that is one thing that uh, EVs can't quite come up well,
0: to. Well, we'll have I don't, something new. I think I, Dodge I, is trying. I don't care. trying. It'll be art, totally
2: artificial. Be, yeah.
1: yeah, it's we not the it's same. <laughs> anyway, moving on. We had one car there that probably didn't belong exactly on a track, and that was the 2023 Mercedes AMG SL 63. A roadster. The roadster, and uh, but it, it, it did okay um yeah yeah. well
3: explain now that this is purely an amg product now correct and it's strictly a roadster now as well which is why we had that at the track i will say the motor is awesome what is it like 570 577 yeah um horsepower uh the motor is great it sounds great uh steering is actually decent uh but it's a heavy car and uh, the brakes were just not at all something you want to test the limits on. And on I was—I have to say—I was surprised about that. So that's surprised.
2: It's not. To be fair, it's not is a it just SL it's not a, thing it's, because I've had other AMGs there that when I go hard on the brakes, it wants to take me in every direction but straight. Mm-hmm. So that—I mean—that to me was like a typical AMG feeling. I wonder why that car, is. but uh, yeah, I mean, I think my actual comment was like this thing doesn't belong out here after i got out there because like you could hear me squealing the whole way around the track yes, and i'm could. not like pushing it that hard it's just because like that fr- like it's the, a luxury
1: roadster with a high performance power so much train.
2: weight being yeah. moved around and well, that was actually a car where we did uh have a little bit of a tire issue on um so not an issue we just shoot not an issue yeah, yeah, right we yeah. we were we actually played it safe um and, and didn't push it that hard yeah. after that but
1: we should we should say that this is a gorgeous automobile and it does its mission very very well and if and you happen to be in Europe on a high speed interstate or you're probably going to love it every minute of it and, and
2: once you are going straight the motor like you said yeah, is yeah. just phenomenal i mean you pick up speed like you anything you lose in the corner you make up so quickly in the straight yeah
3: and it was one of the first to be claimed on the drive back to the hotel so I never (laughs) I never got a chance to actually experience it on the street but I imagine Uh, that's where it belongs
2: and like you actually see the neck vents like the fan. Yeah, air behind. scarf? Yeah, it's is, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. is that what BMW calls it? Somebody oh. calls it that. Air scarf the was Germans. the original name yeah. for Mercedes. Okay, yeah, well, then, yeah. then that's what it is. But yeah, like I remember getting a shot of, like, you can actually see the fans behind the headrest nice. starting up. So I did and the, the heads up. Make oh, sure right. you know.
0: I i use those because some of the are uh, on street shots I was driving. No, and not, it, was a, it was a little chilly, chilly that morning, yeah. so I. Use
2: the, uh, no user.
1: that the air scarf is oh, a, and it's it's a, a fantastic <laughs> little invention <laughs> at
2: one point i was hard on the brakes and then all of a sudden the windows went flying right yeah up. Uh, it, it the was going yeah eventually. the seat belts tightened <laughs> yeah, up yeah yeah that was my fault probably for not going through and turning off all those systems before hopping onto the track mm. but it was it did uh, it alarmed me quite a bit <laughs>
1: 2023 Callaway B2K 35th Anniversary Edition B2K.
3: Corvette. Is that, B2K. Isn't that like a B2- Korean K pop band? <laughs> <laughs> <It may laughs> well <be. laughs> Not Korean K pop. BTS. But just K-pop. Yeah. Yeah,
0: BTS. Yeah. My
3: um, My bad. My bad. <laughs>
1: We've had a lot of Callaway Corvettes over the years on Motor Week. This is reacquainting ourselves with them. Lovely folks. Interesting car.
3: What did you think, and how would you compare it to, let's say, the the stock Corvette? Um, well, that's that's the interesting thing. They haven't done a whole lot to it, other than they put some wider wheels on it, and exhaust, which sounded awesome, awesome. gnarly. And so it did
0: some arrow kit. on There's it a few, as well. yeah,
3: the rockers, um, but so there's a few more horsepower just due to the exhaust. But uh, pretty much, if you've driven the. Uh, current Corvette on track it uh, handled just like that, only it sounded way more awesome.
2: Yeah. It yeah, it's it's, um, it's a good thing they're supercharging it because I b- mm-hmm. might have said it needs like 200 more horsepower because of the chassis so capable. This is our f- So not only is it the first Corvette I've ever driven at Roebling, if you can believe for the 10 wow. years I've been here, Real. we haven't had a Corvette there. It's the really? first C8 that I've driven on the track, so it was like a getting used to the whole new mid-engine or right. engine behind you at least. Uh, Set up, and i noticed that the front end was definitely super light the steering was as quick as any car i've ever felt like to the point where i was like turning in way too early at times Mm -hmm. hopping out of other cars um but like i said though like it it is such a balanced chassis my my main complaint only complaint really was just like I'm getting toward the end of the straight. I'm only pushing like 140. And I'm like, this thing needs more power, man. Like, it, it's just like begging for it, especially because it sounds so good. You sound and you feel like you're going faster than you actually are.
3: So, that's it's actually coming. That's part of the what we're doing with it. This 35th anniversary package comes with some special wheels and graphics and stuff. They're also going to put a supercharger on it, which is not uh, ready yet. So, we're going to do like a before and after with it. So. We'll
1: see. And after you've had a chance to uh, see our upcoming road test of the Callaway B2K, then go on to our YouTube site, uh, youtube.com motor. We can go back into the 80s and find the first Callaway we ever did. And uh, you, Is that
0: up? Yeah no, I, I think
1: it's oh, up. Think oh. it's up. Think oh. Pretty sure it is. Oh. Uh-huh. It. 2023 Lamborghini Uricon Technica. What is it? And, gee, did we have fun with it or not?
2: We. I had fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know a lot of people like that was, I remember like going down the street and that was the car. I like, usually you have some passerbys come over and look at, look over the fence. And like, every time I was driving that and I looked over, there was like more and more people up on the Everybody fence. Everybody loves to watch a Lamborghini. <laughs> so we had the, uh, so this is the Huracan, the same one we've been, I mean, we've seen to have one of these every year. It seems like just because thank they keep you, making Lambertini. new ones. Yeah. Thank you. And this one, <laughs> uh, last year, if you remember, we had the STO, the technical or the Huracan STO, which is like their. As hardcore race uh, street Made for the track. This is like a step down, but it's really not a step down because it's basically the same performance minus all that like crazy Mm arrow stuff on it. So, I mean, we were still going like pushing speeds that we generally don't push at this track. And, it's
1: really. Uh, it was really a, a pretty car with all that stuff.
2: Beautiful. I love the and color. Really I won't was. even try to pronounce the name of it, but it was an orange. Orange. That, uh, yeah. It was a nice car. It was a striking striking car. Probably the, the <laughs> best looking Huracan we've had at at Robling, and um, probably the fastest too.
3: Yeah, it, that car is amazingly capable, and it's it's easy to drive. Like you, you like within a couple laps, you really start pushing it, but. I guess the biggest takeaway for me was just how fun it is too. Sometimes when we drive these ultra fast, ultra capable, ultra easy to drive cars. Um, maybe you lose some of the fun factor, but uh, this car, not so much. It's just really, really fun to drive fast. And it
2: slides, yeah. it slides around. <laughs> like you wouldn't think that exiting a quarter with the tail coming out and a 260,000 or whatever dollar supercar this is would be fun, but like, I, like, I don't know, by my third or fourth lap in, it's just like, all right, well, that's just what it does around this corner. So I'm just going to push it a little bit harder. And it responds well, which is I'm um, pretty incredible for an Italian exotic.
3: Yeah, rear-wheel drive only, which, you know, lightens up the front compared to the all-wheel drive Huracans. But, uh, yeah, just crazy fun. And
1: that brings us to, I guess, what you would call the ultimate track car for this particular uh, visit to Roebling, the 2023 Porsche 911 GT3. R-S. So what does R-S mean in Porsche parlance? Rennsport. And it means a car that is basically designed to be driven on a track. Really speedy. At very fast speeds by
2: hopefully competent drivers.
3: What would you think? Uh, You can go on this one. You can go, Greg. Yeah, I'll
2: just keep going. Uh, So, yeah, this one has like 100 less horsepower than the Lambo, so we weren't quite pushing the top end speeds. But it also – uh, has just ridiculous arrow on it. Um, every time and I, I hate saying the race car for the street thing, but like every time Porsche comes out with a GT3 and then the RS, like we say the same thing. Uh, and unfortunately for myself, like I have to say it again, like it's as close as you can get because the wing is massive on this, thing. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, massive. but it, it now they have like a drag reduction system which uh, I was watching some of the footage and how quickly the, that rear wing pops up and down mm-hmm. to let air if you're going through the straight or if you're braking. Um, so this uh, was the fastest car I've ever, the fastest I've ever driven around Roebling. Um, and I probably could have squeezed more out of it. And it was, I loved every second of it. And my only complaint, as I was telling Robinson, um, I really had to to search for this one but the paddles at this point the paddle shifters because it's a pdk um for something this race focused like i kind of want them to give me like real race paddles, mm. something bigger with more positive feel which according to their tech guy who was with us uh the vice package actually actually does include mm. that so that's how i would spec it in my imaginary world <laughs>
3: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the arrow was the big thing uh, with this one, and also a crazy amount of adjustability uh, with the suspension, which um, I didn't get a whole lot of track time on that one, except for acceleration runs I did. And yeah, you could actually go in and dial in, you know, make the rear suspension as soft as possible to get weight transfer mm-hmm. on the back, uh, just all with dials uh, right there on the steering wheel. Uh, the thing PDK is always yeah. launches insane um just everything about that car is insane and uh, the diff do, i think you
2: can control. Ma- yeah, yeah you can control yeah. like coasting or lock diff
3: and you can set how that rear wing works if you want to keep it uh locked in one area or let it be active however you want
2: we let porsche kyle do all that stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah like it was literally <laughs> yeah. we have so many things to do during the week like cool. the last thing we can do is like dial up a specific yeah, car yeah. thank god for him it just but, isn't
3: time. i mean if you've driven that track you know that was a turn three that left hand sweeper yeah. is just it's off camber it's hairy no matter what car but in that car that hey, you could just go through there I, absolutely the fastest i've ever driven through that corner in any car for sure
1: this is a very fairly flat track with uh, the danger is on the runoffs so you've got sand mm-hmm. and so you can flip pretty easily so uh, it looks a little bit benign until you actually go, run it at speed
3: i have no experience with flipping <laughs> cars let's not so. do that and let's
1: not go there <laughs> Anyone else going, going, going on on the cars we took to Roebling? We have a related question, uh, and that is a tweet from Josh Gonzalez. (laughs) And here we go. Do you ever think since a Porsche 911 GT3 RS makes driving easier that it's also less entertaining than a comparable car?
3: Uh, no, you're looking point. at me. I'm so I looking guess at I'll go for Well, yeah. you and Greg, that mostly, absolutely, I mean, no. the
1: smiles you I mean, guys had on your faces when you crawled out of the.
2: Well, because it also so. revs to 9,000 yeah. yeah. and it's a free flowing exhaust and it's behind you and like you still get all the visceral feeling. So.
3: Yeah. And <laughs> just that crazy sense of speed you still get, whether it's easy or whether you're like crossed up trying to keep it on the track, you still get that same sense of speed no matter whether it's playing with you or playing against you.
2: Yeah, it's it's like I I do subscribe to the fact that uh driving s- uh, fast slow cars fast is more fun than driving fast cars slow, but the caveat with this thing is, is I was driving a fast car fast. So like <laughs> that was like the, that's the ultimate because it was just ridiculously fast. I think we've changed
1: from the early days with a lot of these driver aids to where we thought they impeded us to now we're driving and saying, okay, I've got a certain higher threshold, so I can maybe push this car a little, and, and me, the you know, the driver, a little bit harder.
3: And yeah, it makes the, it fun. Lambo and yeah. Porsche both, both yeah. of their systems. Yeah, they just make you a better driver. They don't, yeah. they don't stop you from doing anything. Technology, it works.
1: Sometimes it does. Josh, I hope you like that answer. By the way, I want to thank. Uh, Jack and all the guys and ladies down at Roebling that made our stay for us, as terrific as it always is. And uh, first rate uh, on the new track surface, and
2: I um, hope it wears well. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was fast, definitely faster.
1: I want to thank everybody for listening to our podcast today. Our track test from Roebling Road will begin airing on PBS in episode number 4222 on February the 4th. And the first up is that Lamborghini Huracan Technica. You can check the local station listings on our website at MotorWeek.org. And stay tuned for our upcoming 2023 MotorWeek Drivers Choice Awards, which will be announced on February 9th. For even more Motorweek, hop on over to our cable partner mavtv.com for their schedule. You can also stream Motorweek episodes for free on your mobile device or streaming box by downloading the PBS app available at your device's app store or streaming channel library. And all of the individual road tests at Roebling and everything else we pretty much do all our features are also available over at YouTube.com MotorWeek. As we say here, if you've got a screen, you can watch MotorWeek. I want to thank our two-wheeling reporter, Brian Robinson, our over-the-edge reporter, Greg Carlos, digital producer, Jessica Ray, who also is the producer of this podcast, our podcast creator, Bob Mixter, and our audio engineer, Austin Harris. Thanks to all of you for being a part of MotorWeek. MotorWeek is made possible by LucasOil and TireRack.com. For additional information on podcasts, videos, and showtimes, visit our website at MotorWeek.org. And watch MotorWeek, television's longest-running automotive magazine series, each week on your local PBS station.